0: All right, here we go. Here we go.
1: <laughs> this is going to be the best book you ever read. Like, this is your new favorite book.
0: Off the internet off oh. books to oh, I need to go no be to introverted.
2: <laughs> Welcome to Books in the City Pod.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Books in the City Pod. I'm Emily. I'm Becky. I'm Kayla. I'm Libby. Yeah, that felt weird to do like the names out of order. Actually, I know.
2: I was like, (laughs) "When do I go?" (laughs) Anywho, (laughs) how is everyone today? It's a weird week. Yeah, not great in there. Crazy time to be alive for sure. It's weird. The
3: most of quarantine, I felt like the weeks have weirdly flown, and this week I feel like it's been seven. Years in one week, so I time has
2: come to a completely stop. It's really agree. fun. Um, it's Thursday, um, at the time of this recording, um, and it feels like it's been Monday, yeah, I the agree. entire week. <laughs> um, <laughs> should we talk about why?
0: <laughs> yeah, why it feels that way um i guess because we're like living through a momentous occasion in history and i don't know it just feels like 2020 is the year where we can really shift things into a new dynamic and everyone was thinking we were going to leave quarantine and it would just be like life back to normal but we're having more conversations about how like life isn't normal for a lot of people in the u.s so just dealing with all that at once it feels like a lot Did you guys see
3: all the articles today? I feel like they all mostly came out today, but uh, about how this is the most diverse movement ever and like with participants in all 50 states and like 13 countries. and Yeah. It is wild to think about this in terms of like history books and just like what uh, this will look like in a, like
1: how do you sum up a year like this? Have you seen the memes know. where it's like history teachers in 2040 trying to talk about 2020? <laughs> like,
2: Yeah, there will be multiple. It'll be like a two-test uh, year.
3: <laughs> yeah, really, like history, AP, whatever, I don't know. I hope that it's not that only
2: did. taught in AP history. I agree. Um. Um. How do you guys feel about everything? I mean, I think that we've kind of made it clear how we feel in in our episode that we released last week um, and the doc that we kind of shared around. um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, which, like, thank you to all the people who shared our post. And um, we, like, low-key went viral <laughs> with it, which is insane. And it's great that
2: if we're going to go viral with anything, I'm so glad it was that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the resource doc is... Is a good place and to to kind of like if you're feeling kind of helpless or like you don't know where to start. It's a good place to reference and take action. Um, and we've we've updated the reading list. We've updated some of the sourcing and stuff because um, I guess like a lot of the the funding agencies have been filled. Like the Minnesota Freedom Fund um they they reached their donation goal like fairly quickly I think they raised like 20 million dollars wow. which is insane um so like so I guess we're trying to stay on top of like new places to to send your money
2: for sure and if you really just don't feel like you want to donate to a specific organization always just buy a book
0: yeah
1: I will say the day this episode is going up, I'm posting my May wrap up and I sat down the other night and, um, I had a glass of wine and I like just wrote this caption and it's like more well written there. Cause I've been like editing it and drafting it. But I had a realization this week where I was like, I thought I was doing enough and I have not. And I've like kind of woken up through this and, I'm making actionable changes and like incorporating more books by people of color into my reading every month. Cause I'm honestly embarrassed that I thought I was doing enough. And I think a lot of us have had like that realization throughout this week.
2: Yeah, I can, um, I can say that I've definitely been thinking the exact same thing, kind of going through the emotions of like, what what you're seeing on Instagram? Everyone saying like everybody needs to post something, and it feeling very social media um, pressurey, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like a, a a giant like everyone make sure you say this so you don't get canceled thing, and it doesn't feel necessarily like anything's really real. And then actually. Even though that's the case, like having it also still affect you and think like, okay, let me actually sit down here and realize that every book I read, they don't have to explain the skin color of the character because it's automatically assumed that they're white. Like if they're going to explain a skin color in a book, it's to show that it's a person of color, which is something that I realized this week and it was you know, a lot. And it, like, made me really sad. It made me feel a lot of things. And I think the important thing is, like, sit in those feelings for a minute. Let it affect you so that you can make change. But, like, don't dwell in it. Like, Mm -hmm. take that that energy and turn it into something. And so...
1: It's like, thank God we've come to this realization and now we can be better.
2: Somebody commented on one of our posts because we included a, a book on our our post that, like, shouldn't have been on there, um, and we responded just saying that, like, you know, we're learning, and their response, um, was something that really struck me, um, they said grace always, especially to those who are learning, and I think, like, everybody should keep that in mind for themselves, Mm -hmm. and their fellow bookstagrammers out there who are saying, like, I'm, I'm learning, I'm picking up these books, but we gotta walk the walk, you know, I mean, walk the talk, (laughs) (laughs) you know from here on out I
1: had this conversation with my book's friend reading with ash and we were talking about our own habits and like how we're not doing enough and we both kind of said we want to start by just incorporating like at least two a month so it's not like we're just binging all these books by and about people of color and then forgetting it like we want to actively make it a part of our reading lives so it's Hopefully, for the rest of my life, like, it'll become a habit then and just a part of how I read, not just a trend.
3: Kayla, I think what you just said, like, has brought up this interesting point um, that I've at least been thinking about a little bit with um, intention behind all of this. Because we've kind of mentioned this, but, like, this week especially, it's just been any time I open instagram bookstagram twitter like no matter what snapchat even like this is at the forefront and that's i think says something about the people i follow but also it's just become this like all encompassing conversation that like every like corporations are having you know like everyone is having right now um which so like what you were saying with just trying to like actually implement this so that it becomes a lifestyle rather than um this, like, flashpoint of needing to be on the right side of history right now or in this, you know, like, appear a certain way to your friends because everyone and their, like, shoe company is appearing (laughs) that way. Um, So I think, like, bringing about change, uh, well, let me rephrase. Like, it's just interesting to see the way that people are going about it and I think everyone's going to have their own like journey Um, it's not an overnight thing but I do also think there's a lot of like positive changes coming out of this in the immediate now but that Mm -hmm. will hopefully
2: stick around that's like not really what I wanted to say sorry Mm -hmm. I think we're all just saying that like We all recognize individually that we've not been doing enough and it's not going to be like tomorrow our shelves are equal amount of people of color and equal amount of like white authors. It's not going to be that way unless you're extremely rich and can go out and buy (laughs) all of the books that you want whenever you want. But you can't.
3: They're all back ordered anyway, you know? I know. (laughs) Which is
0: all sold out. (laughs) Good. Which is great. But those books have been on the shelves since like, yeah, it's (laughs) just like I
2: you guys know I like I love the 20s. Right. And I'm still going to read books that take place in the 20s. But like I have room in my month of reading to fit in some books by black authors and other people of color. And there's no excuse to just say like, well, I want to read another historical fiction book that takes place in the 20s like i have space in my month and we all do yeah i think
0: everyone's kind of touching on this idea that there's this kind of like fomo if you're not voicing like what you're doing which is kind of good because it's putting pressure on people and on systems to change which is is nice but as an individual like as you walking forward in your life and like carrying what you learned in this week of june during a pandemic Like, how does that affect you personally? And I just realized, like, it's we don't always have to, like, yell and expect a compliment for being, like, Mm -hmm. vocal and active. Like, in a time like this, I think it helps to amplify information and and new faces and, and new, like, stories. But long term, like, it's important that we all change our perspective on the world and on, like, the system that we are obliged to, like, fight. And so I've I've just done a lot of introspection about how, like, when do you need to hear my opinion versus when should I be sharing facts? And, like, I have, like, books by diverse authors on my shelf, but, like, why didn't I pick them up? Like, why do I feel compelled to pick them up now? And will I feel compelled to pick them up, like, in the future? And I just think, like, a lot of us are pretty loosey-goosey like readers we read a lot of different genres and topics and I like to think we're pretty open-minded but I also know that I tend to like gravitate towards stories that just like reaffirm my life perspective or are written by white people because it's relatable for me and like it will take a little bit of effort down the line to like jump into something that might be uncomfortable and like we owe it to our community to to be in a little bit of an uncomfortable position so like I don't know that there's, like, a number you have to hit or, like, a certain amount of books, like, per month that should come from, like, people of color. But, like, you know, like, I I said I wanted to read a lot of fantasy. Like, there's a lot of white fairies in my (laughs) life right now, and maybe it's time to pick up, like, I don't know, some, like, West African folklore, you know, because that's still fantasy, and it's a new perspective, and it's, like, time time to pick those up.
2: I think the four of us are definitely going to keep each other accountable. And we hope by doing that, we're keeping you accountable too. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, this is a podcast. So, like, this is immortalized on the internet
2: right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> We can <laughs> remind each other
0: um, down the line. You know, like, I do. That is kind of the nice thing about social media. You can look back on your timeline. And if a year from now, you're reminded of all the information you shared, like, yeah ask yourself what have I done in that year since to to really like do what I said this will be on your time hop exactly that's good (laughs) I mean that's like kind of the beautiful thing about social media is like it does hold the collective like accountable for better or for worse like yeah and hopefully we can look back at our time hop and be like oh that's when like real change started happening yeah and and if it's like more authentic for you to not like always post about it that's fine like just just navigate your life how you would authentically navigate your life like don't don't just say it to say it like really think about it and I, I think everyone is actually genuinely thinking about what they're gonna do to make a difference which is cool yeah and this week I when everyone was sharing um like black owned businesses i learned of a new bookstore like within walking distance so i'm excited to patronize them in the future because um, i saw on their instagram they're like sold out of a lot of things so i think i have to wait what well, um, bookstore uh sisters uptown
2: so nice. i can usually walk there that's awesome i found out somebody shared a um post today um that was like black owned businesses in Jersey city. And there's a coffee shop that I, well, all of them, all of them I had never heard of. So I learned about all of those businesses, but there was specifically a coffee (laughs) shop. Um, and I'm really excited to get the beans in the mail because it is still a pandemic. I'm not going to (laughs) go to the store. I forgot about the
1: virus in all
0: of this. (laughs) Honestly, I did not. Where'd it go? (laughs)
2: I'm going to tell you I did not at all. I, I haven't.
0: Yeah. I guess that, that speaks to like how important this movement is, is like something that's derailed our society for three months. Like this movement has taken precedent. Yeah. And I, I think that yeah. just speaks to how important it is for that. Like we're heard. This is like
1: ver- like making things very light, but I saw this tweet and it was like the murder herds were like, we'll just come back later. <laughs> <laughs> the what (laughs) the murder (laughs) hornets
3: don't you remember the murder you didn't see the murder did you not hear about that it's uh it's been
0: end of days emily (laughs) honestly they could literally kill you
2: no they do not say that heat from the i don't know enough about them but they can pierce through beekeeping things and if you get stung by it you will die yeah they're murder hornets
0: That's just my luck if I die by a fucking hornet. (laughs) During all this, dude. Okay,
3: one thing though I did want to say because you were talking about restaurants, Becky. Um, I do love that. I don't. I I don't know. Social media like has been playing such a role in all of this, and I have like my own mixed feelings about like we've all talked about the performativeness of it, or like you know posting one thing to your story and feeling like okay, like done for the day. I did my activism or whatever. But I do feel like pretty far and wide people are really running with the, like, Amplify um, Black Voices thing. And so I've seen so many of those lists and, like, saved so many and screenshotted so many. And I feel like all of this sharing beyond, like, where you can donate or, like, what protest you can join is going to actually help to create the sustainable change because... I don't know, I imagine it's going to be hard to going back to, like, not thinking critically about what restaurant you're going to. Or, like, picking mm. up a book and yeah, just p- book after book of, like, a, a white author. You know what I mean? I ju- it's like bringing stuff to the forefront now, and I feel like it's going to stay at the forefront. Because it does feel like we're at the cusp of a big... Mm -hmm. big shift
2: it's up to each individual like emily said to make the active choice to keep this going
1: and remember this come november
2: yes Mm. make sure you get out come
0: june 23rd
2: if you're in um new york state so we're actually back at our fishbowl in the aquarium in the ocean (laughs) it's really huge and it's been a long time yeah so if you know what we're talking about we can't take a photo of our fishbowl because it's too big it's just all of actually our apartment but this fishbowl cute. the sound effect (laughs) in case you didn't listen to that episode and you're wondering what the heck we're talking about we have this fishbowl here and it has and by here we mean each of us have it because we are not together (laughs) it
3: actually it actually covers all of Long Island to New Jersey and
0: Harlem it's yeah. It's all, yeah. That's all. Yeah. The whole tri state area. <laughs> it connects us all. In this fishbowl.
2: Um, we're all living in a fishbowl. There are questions in them, and we're going to pull one out. Of the hat. I mean, the, the fishbowl. Becky. I'm drinking the a frozen that? margarita, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been drinking a margarita for the last, like, hour, and I made this thing. And, like, I'm also drinking a margarita
0: out of a to-go cup, <laughs> which might also look like a to-go soup container to some of Ew. you. It does look like a soup container. Yeah.
3: That looks like you would oh, get I tater wish. tots. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Which sounds really good. I'm having a White Claw
2: night. Love it
3: having beer class.
0: what's the fishbowl question say
2: um I don't know oh yeah uh, what's I think y- you're you have a better reach like I think the lid <laughs> of the fishbowl is over there in Harlem <laughs> so if you can
0: all right here we go you diving know, dip in your hand in for us open it this is totally <laughs> up to chance oh it says <laughs> if you could
2: sweat anything <laughs> three exclamation points if you could sweat anything what would you sweat okay backstory. I my first job like my first full-time job every time there were new hires like every every month we had a company meeting and they would pr- pull all the new hires up front in front of the company meeting and they had to answer questions out of a fishbowl and for some <gasps> that's so mean <laughs> what if the um, question was like when was the last time you peed yourself and you have to be like today <laughs> oh. at
0: my interview <laughs>
2: <laughs> <You know>? um <laughs> no they were weird questions but my favorite one and honestly our ceo loved this question too because it's so ridiculous it's if you could sweat anything what would you sweat and like somebody was like i would sweat you know wine so i would always have an endless <laughs> supply of wine
3: i have a good answer nobody can take it
2: if they remember All right, what it is
3: go for it oh okay i would su- sweat vanilla extract because Ooh. i would always smell so good and it's a natural bug
2: repellent oh is it
3: yeah oh. it is. i'm
2: gonna start putting vanilla extract like on my wrist do it on your or wrist whatever. and
0: behind your ears when you're out like oh at a God. campfire it, that's good
2: in new hot jersey tip, everyone wow. hot
0: tip now i just
2: yeah right at the beginning of summer heard you it here hear first um uh, becky what would you spot my gut says kittens Becky what but then I think about how uncomfortable wife. that would
0: be <laughs> how are you gonna squeeze a kitten out your poor Becky <laughs> multiple <laughs> yeah that's terrible that's like worse than giving birth also it's nowhere. a horrible image like you just forget to turn your AC on and you have all these like baby You're cats coming yoga out your and face then, like, coming out of your armpits <laughs> Also, what are you going to do with so many kittens? Becky, we've talked about how more than four is excessive. (laughs) We support your choice. I can't stop laughing (laughs) to defend myself. We always support you. (laughs) I'm literally crying. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Good luck to you. (laughs) I have to say, as a scientist, I don't see how this works. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Kayla, what would you sweat? I would sweat deodorant.
2: Oh, <laughs> um, that, sound that good. sounds good. Sticky. Yeah.
1: Plus, if it it's could be that like, don't people wear like spray? Sorry, move my mic completely away from my face to demonstrate <laughs> putting deodorant on. Don't people wear mm. spray deodorant? It could be like that. The aerosol, yeah, yeah, that's good.
0: So I interpreted yeah. this question as like, what is your essence and like. That's what you would shed. And I feel like <laughs> my essence just is just like maybe like like cheese. I have like a love hate relationship with cheese. <laughs> oh <laughs> you would sweat cheese. <laughs> That's
3: worse than kittens,
2: Emily. Like, that is worse, especially because cheeses can be so stinky, stinkier. Oh, like queso. No, <laughs> oh, that's what I'm picturing. I'm
0: literally picturing tostadas. No, no, no. Queso. I'm thinking like a, I eat a lot of feta sprinkled over everything. Maybe it oh. would be that.
1: <laughs> that's I'm, pretty I gross. I feta like, every day lately, and now I'm not so eating n- it tomorrow. And your
0: how big are your pores? <laughs> They're
1: pretty big. Okay, back me. You know. Sometimes
3: it's little. <laughs> Uh. Wow. God. So <laughs> Kayla and I are the clean
0: people of the pod. Well, I wanted to be different. But this was very <laughs> I'm Clean. Just kidding. I'm actually really disgusting. I swear. Oh. No, you had a really good answer. I'm glad you went oh. first. Yeah, yours was so good. Originally, I thought aloe vera because, like, if you get a sunburn, then you're Ooh, cool all the that's time. That's good. But then I was like, that seems derivative. Mm. Cheese, it is. That one is sticky. <laughs> that would be sticky. That's yeah. sticky for sure all right well should we talk about books (laughs) maybe i think so okay i was hesitant to select it because it has a really long title and i was like good luck to becky and nicole for fitting that on our books but (laughs) i love that you
2: were worried about the instagram i am (laughs) pleased to hear that you're considering us designers in your choices
0: all right, yeah, so good luck with this title. Someone who will love you in all your damaged glory. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's why I picked it up by uh, Raphael Bob Waksberg. Um, so he's the guy that created BoJack Horseman. Uh, I don't oh. know if you've watched it at all. Uh, I've said this to a lot of my friends. I'm not a big like adult cartoon fan. I don't know why. I'm just not. Me I'm either. Not either. But, but
2: Bob's Burgers is yes in a different category for me because i yeah Bob's Burgers and and also
0: bojack horseman bojack is so good it's good it's like it's just like a
2: very good show
0: yeah because they like a lot of the characters are like they're like animals but they're also like in hollywood and they're also kind of like depressed like they're going through shit this book has a similar vibe like it's weird but you can like relate to it um, this was one of my Under the Stairs books that I got for free from some stranger. Wow. Um it's got a little like president bobblehead on the front because one of the stories talks about like a Disneyland where everyone, all the characters are like the presidents. And so there are like some beloved characters and then some that like don't get any attention. Um so this is up there with like the weirdest things I've ever read in my life. <laughs> um, but it's also like so my vibe. And it's a short story collection, and I've had a hard time, like, finishing short story collections. I don't know why. I think it's just because, like, sometimes you hit a story that isn't, like, your thing, and then you feel like you want to put it down. Um, I know I talked about Little Weirds, but that one was more, like, poems and, like, observations. This is, like, proper weird freaking stories. So, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, some of them are kind of like duds, but there were so many that like made me laugh out loud. Uh so I'll talk about a few of my favorites. And there's like one of the first store there's like so it's about like love and dating and like in relationships kind of. That's the overarching theme of the like weird essays. Um But, like, there's a story that's kind of, like, a satire on wedding planning, but there's all these, like, specific things that have to be done, and one of them is, like, a goat sacrifice, and, like, a dance of the cuckold woodland sprites. So the couple's like, oh, you know, we just wanted a small wedding, and then their family's like, well, you have to have a goat sacrifice, and there has to be at least 12 of them, and it just, like, escalates from there, (laughs) and it made me laugh, because, like goat sacrifices <laughs> what uh, i hope Pete is not listening why
2: is that funny
0: i don't know it's just like i mean i'm not gonna ruin the end of the story but also like there was like i don't know it's the tables just, have turned oh, um yeah so now i feel self-conscious about laughing at that but like you gotta read it it's a satire um <laughs> okay and then there's like a more straightforward one that's like Um, how someone remembers all their past breakups through like New York landmarks. So they're like, Oh, that's the Deli on 31st street where she broke my heart, like that kind of thing. And I thought that was, Oh, that's so interesting. Relatable. Um, If I had a boyfriend, no, just kidding. Um, And then how many are there? I don't know, but like a lot, a few, is it a long book? It's like 250 pages. So like, I think the links vary between like a couple pages, like, there's some listicles in there to like maybe twenty pages max. So honestly, if you didn't like one, you could probably skip it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a story about lesbian slash superheroes who used to be a punk rock band together, and then um, oh. they get their powers from getting like super drunk. Um, Same. Actually, <laughs> as evidence I <before. laughs> actually I'm <gonna> sweat kitten <laughs> sweating. That would probably be like right up this book's alley if you could somehow twist it into like also being kind of like a love or relationship story um there's like okay there's one story that was from the perspective of a dog named rufus and i tried to read it out loud to my friends because it made me laugh so hard and they thought i like had finally lost it during quarantine they were like you good bro (laughs) because the the dog keeps you know how you talk to your dog and you say their name and you're like If they've been good, you're like, Rufus. But if they're bad, you're like, Rufus. And then so the dog is like, you're inside the dog's head and you're like realizing that Rufus means like multiple things to the dog. And he calls his owner his man monster, which I love. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And then there's like some stories that are just like pure sadness, like of the brand that like BoJack Horseman is, like about people moving across the country and feeling like their depression follows them. And there's, like, this one story that was my favorite called You Want to Know What Plays Are Like. And it's just, like, the inner monologue of this woman being, like, so you sit down in this theater and, like, there's maybe, like, like a fold in the carpet. And you're, like, why is there a fucking fold in the carpet if I'm paying $150 to, like, sit and stare, like, at a black box? And, like, it's not even good. It's just, like, <laughs> it's really funny. and as some, Like a movie theater? No, like a play. Oh, yeah. And then it, like... Yeah, I'm just, like, twists. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to talk about short story collections. I'm like, here is why they sometimes lose my attention, because each one is, like, different. But, I don't know, the overarching vibe of it was just, like, weird and funny.
2: This sounds like a nice deep breath and, like, like watching a stand-up comedy special from, like, a very funny person just to like take your mind off stuff this sounds like yeah I picked it up
0: because I was like searching my shelves and I was like I want like a rom-com sometimes I lean on romance or like cutesy stuff for like comfort and usually I have like three or four favorite movies that I just like rewatch. um but none of them were on streaming services and so I was like I really need that like that vibe of comfort of, like, aw, oh, just just people finding each other. And um and I was glad I picked this up. So it's kind of like, yeah, like you said, kind of a stand-up comedy vibe. If you've ever been to a UCB comedy show, it's just like that. Like, if you've ever watched improv, like, you don't know why it's funny, but you're laughing anyways. That's kind of how this book is. How many stars? I gave it a five star. Ooh. Also, it's, it's very pretty. It's got, like, a pink... Background, and then George, cute little George Washington, on the front, and a really long title.
2: <laughs> I loved your. Everybody should go look at um, Emily's review post about this book because she mentioned, or maybe it was in your story. Yeah. I don't know, but you were talking about how you really gotta, you really had to boop his nose. I did, yeah, yeah. It was
0: on my um, story because I took a video and I was like, boop. I just every time I look at him, I'm just like, like booping George Washington's nose. <laughs>
2: I can go next because kind of like you were saying about how you kind of gravitate towards like rom-com stuff for when you're feeling like you need an escape my book is another rom-com so this is Becky if you didn't figure that out Um, (laughs) I read Beach Read by Emily Henry which I feel like a lot of people have been reading lately so speaking
0: of good covers that's a good one yeah it is
2: yeah yeah yeah, although I still don't fully know why it's called Beatread, which... I agree, it, I agree. <laughs> if you've read it, let me know if you figured out why it's called Beatread. But Beatread by Emily Henry came out May 19th from Berkeley Romance. Um, so yeah, I've been escaping to these like rom-com books during quarantine. I don't know why, but I'm fine with it. Because uh-huh. they're
1: just like nice and light.
2: Yeah. So this book is about... This one's a little bit less light, though. Kind of. It's I was still actually light. gonna say it's a little heavy. It's still light, but it's it's heavy in a light way, if that makes any sense. Oh, I so. kind of hate when that
0: happens though. Like I don't like when I pick up a book. Like, not like uh, like you were saying with the Josie Silver or whatever. I was like mm, I don't wanna get it. It's not like that. Okay, though. okay. It's yeah. not like when, when you Becky's watch
1: done, I'll tell you why I thought it was heavy. Okay, okay, talk Becky, sorry. <laughs> it's
2: okay. It's not like when you turn on I'm a rom-com up now. and you're like oh, I'm in it for, like, all the cheesy, like, I'm just sitting down. And then they, like, force the, the like, serious stuff, and then you're like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. That's not how this book is at all.
1: No, it's very well done.
2: Yeah, so this book is about January. She's um, a women's literature author. She says women's literature, but um, she means, like, chick lit. But I think they really touch on the idea of, like, what makes something – chick lit or cheesy or whatever when it's it's just because it's a book by a woman for a woman um so she she's a chick lit author a woman's lit author who finds out um she's at her father's funeral and she finds out that he had a house on Lake Michigan with another woman that she did not know about and she's, like, shocked. She's angry. She's, like, trying to understand why this happened. But she's also struggling with her personal finances. And her dad left that house that she, he had with another woman to her. And she's like, um, <laughs> what? And so because she's struggling with her personal finances, she decides she's going to just go stay in the summer house for the summer, pack it up, sell the house, and then hopefully during that summer – write the book that she promised to her editor so she's got serious like writer's block um she's hoping that like going away and being in a new place is going to help um so she gets to the house and she realizes that her next door neighbor is actually her college um writing enemy and so his name is gus and he in college always like Made fun of her and like called her out for how all of her stories always had happy endings. Is this enemies to lovers? And, oh my god! I think
0: sounds
3: like you enemies
2: think it's to I lovers. To love it. Oh, it my sure oh my god! Sure it is.
1: Yeah, I
2: love those. It's, um, I it's, ship them so much too. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh I do too. It's so great. So Gus writes like literary fiction, like serious. He's trying to write what? the great American novel, like Gus. You know. <laughs> that kind of too guy. much Gus. We all know um, that kind of guy pump the brakes <laughs> and then january she like lives by the happy ending like her whole life is based around like my parents had a happy ending like it doesn't matter what hap- what like hardship we're faced with like it's there's always going to be happening happy ending which we know in life is not the case um and this book kind of is her exploring the fact that life doesn't always have a happy ending and it it's kind of like up to you to like figure out how to accept that and make your own kind of happiness through it so the other like main plot point of this book is that gus and january challenge each other to write in the other genre so january has to write like a literary fiction book like gus and then gus has to write something happy and hey. oh, fun. it's so cute. cute and he can't do
1: it but she can hopefully you have to read it but the book she writes i texted <laughs> back when i was reading beatry read, and i
2: was like i want to read her book oh yeah me too it's like yeah you got to read it but i have to oh. tell you the sexual tension in this book had me like (laughs) screaming. Like I mean so wild the sexual attention.
1: Oh my god, I didn't feel like that. I did because
2: it's like (laughs) not a spoiler, but like they get like they start to get real hot and heavy, like Oh yeah. And then something happens and they can't get hot and heavy and it's just like (laughs)
0: did you do the thing where you you read the part and then you kind of (laughs) like eyebrow wiggle at yourself like they did I feel so uncomfortable (laughs)
1: now because if you listen to last week's episode you'll know that my mom just read this book too
0: (laughs) (laughs) actually I think we should clarify we've talked about like our romance preferences and I think like the build-up like the uh you want to watch their relationship like become something romantic that's what I like. That's why I like the hate to loves. Yeah. It's that's more why fun. I like when Yeah, yeah, it's not really about the sex. Exactly. It's like if they weren't meant to be and then they come together and you're like, "I knew
2: it. <laughs> knew they would do it." But if you if that's what you like, this is a very satisfying satisfying book for that that like feeling because mm. it the tension is so intense. The sexual tension. <laughs> what, <laughs> what? Emily? Really- So anyway, this was such a good book. There's a reason why it's on the bestseller list. Like it's a good book. Um, I did get it as an advanced copy from our friends at Berkeley. So thank you to them. It was a book of the month pick. So if you're a book of the month member, like you can go make it an add-on or whatever. Um but yeah, I'm gonna buy like the physical copy. I had an E version. I'm gonna buy the physical copy for my library because it was so good. I love it. I wanna like share with people. Um. Yeah, but it in at the grand scheme of things, it's light, but it has some heavy themes. Um. So I do have to say there are a few trigger warnings about like abuse, suicide, cults. Sorry, what? Um, You're just gonna sneak um, that which in there I, at the last moment.
0: <laughs> also cults <laughs> are they at least on a beach yeah that's
2: uh, the great american novel <laughs> we were talking about the, you gotta, you read, gotta it. read it you gotta read it loss of a parent though loss of a parent as well yeah um is this her debut or has she written before she's written other books and i believe her other books have been like written with other authors as well i don't know what you call oh. those oh um, but I don't know for sure. I, I'm pretty sure this is not her debut, though. Like, I know for sure I've seen that she's written others, but I'm not sure what they are called. So
3: I just feel like this one has been everywhere, but I've never heard of her. Or yeah. have like seen her before.
1: Yeah. I when I was Becky read it before me and then I was texting her because their family issues are like a big part of the book and I could very weirdly relate to both of them and there's this one line in it which I'm not going to say it but I texted Becky and I was like holy shit like that just wrapped up my entire situation and like I never thought to say it like that but I was like oh that's it like in one sentence like it was kind of like this moment of like levity but it took me a bit longer to read the book because of that stuff because it was like very very close to home for me but I still loved it overall yeah
0: Um,
2: it looks like she wrote three other books. Oh, thank you for looking it up. How many stars? Is it five? Yep, five stars. Kayla, what did you read?
1: Okay, I'm like, I'm very nervous to talk about this book because there's a lot of moving parts and it's also extremely, extremely timely because it does cover race. And I was reading this as the news broke about George Floyd's murder. So it was a very... It's an emotional book, but it was even more emotional for me to read it like as everything was happening. But this was I got this as my March. Oh uh, well, it's <laughs> what's I guess the book? I should tell you what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm just jumping right in. Um, it's A Good Neighborhood by Therese Ann Fowler. So this was my March book of the month. And I feel like we've kind of like touched on this before, but you know, when, like sometimes a book just sits on your shelf for so long and then you just like feel like you have to read in a certain moment, like that kind of happened to me with this one. Um, So the main, it's so hard to explain it. So I, I broke it up by characters, but basically it's kind of like a bit of like forbidden romance, Romeo and Juliet. But to me, as I've born and raised in New York, it was a really interesting look on life in the South for both black and white people um so okay I broke down the characters and I feel like it's easier it's just like explain the characters to you because then it kind of like gets into the story more since there's so many layers um so one of the main characters is this woman Valerie and she's a black woman she's lived in this neighborhood Oak Knoll her whole life and like Oak Knoll is the good neighborhood in the book it's like an upper middle class um I'm pretty sure it's in North Carolina and all of a sudden though, like these like new money, white families have been like knocking down houses and like all the surrounding trees to build these like McMansions. And, but she's been there like her son's whole life, like close to 20 years in their same house. So like, she's she's a professor of like, what is like forestry? Is that the right word? Yeah. She like teaches about trees. Um, there's a lot of tree talk in this book and that, like, it I was, it was just over my head. Like, I wasn't really into, like, the tree drama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot of tree drama. That's kind of like the virgin suicides. They had so much tree <laughs> drama with the Dutch elm disease. Yeah, like,
1: yeah, I'll get to what happens to, like, the main tree. That's, like, kind of the catalyst of everything. But so when this house behind her was being built, they knocked down a bunch of trees, and this was, like, a very big deal for her. So her son is Xavier, and he's... I guess like the Romeo of like the forbidden love story that we're going to get into. And he he's biracial Valerie's husband who passed away was white. He's like such a good kid. He's a, he's um, a classical musician and he has like a scholarship to a school in either San Diego or San Francisco. I should (laughs) have written that down. And He's about to like graduate high school. Like he has like a great future ahead of him. So then the family that built this house behind them, the dad, is this guy brad which like of course his name is brad um (laughs) (laughs) they're white and brad grew up like super poor and then made it big because he had this like invention for like something with like air conditioners and now he's kind of like a local celebrity because he does all those like like if you're on long island there's like these pool commercials like everyone knows like it's kind of like that every city has their local
2: commercial i live for a local commercial but that's for another episode
1: So that's how, like, Brad is, like, famous because of his commercials. Um, And so the narrators of... I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. The narrators of the book are, like, the other women in the neighborhood. So, like, you don't know their names, but they kind of, like, tell the story. So they describe Brad as this man-child because he feels, like, entitled to everything, but he'll wear, like, a backwards cap and, like, joke around, but it's really all an act, and, like, he just feels so entitled to everything. And he's... Definitely racist, um, but he, like, doesn't realize it. Like, he assumes that Xavier is the hired help for the house behind him, but really he was, like, helping his mom, like, do her tree stuff.
2: Oh, jeez. Um,
1: yeah. And so religion is a very big part of the story, and for me was, like, probably the most eye-opening thing because I did not grow up super religious, and this is, like, an extremely extremely religious family which i'll get into that in a second but he's like which family the white family so brad is religious just to be like i go to church on sundays to look good to all like the town because he's the local celebrity okay so his wife is julia and she grew up super poor living in trailers she was a single mother to juniper who is kind of like the Juliet. Um, And she struggled with Juniper and then she met Brad. She started working for him and he like saved her is how she says it. So she like is just so like subservient to him. Like she like says like she owes like her whole life to him. So she excuses everything that Brad does. That's super shitty because of that. So Juniper was my favorite character. She's 16 and it was like a really great coming of age story, but also like she's questioning everything she was taught in the church. So at 14, they had her take a virginity vow and she had like a purity ball.
2: Yeah. What's a purity ball? Like a Jonas brother. It seemed kind of like Like an event. Oh, an event. I was imagining an object. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a
0: documentary on that. Like a, how purity balls were, like, a thing and a very big thing in the 90s. Um, Yeah. I can't remember its name right now, but it was, like, a thing that swept the nation that, like, fathers would, like, present their daughters to vow to, like, not have sex until marriage at, like, a prom. And she's 14, and there's a scene of the purity
1: ball in the book, but... I, oh my God, I'm totally paraphrasing. I should have like written this in my notes, but she's pretty much like pledging that she'll be obedient to her father until she has to be obedient to her husband. So she, but since she did that at 14, like she kind of, she did take it seriously and like kids at school make fun of her. They call her like Juna Pure, like because she she takes, she gets a lot of comfort from church, but then as she's growing up, she's starting to realize like, oh, I want to go to college, but brad is literally saying like oh you don't have to because like her he's her stepdad but she like calls him her dad and like her pastor are telling her like all you're gonna do is get married and have kids and like that's the best thing you'll ever do so she's kind of grappling with this thing like i want more but like her family's discouraging her when her family also does give her so much because they're like very wealthy so juniper and xavier end up falling in love and it was like very cute I shipped them like he was kind of helping her like come to terms with like things she was taught isn't necessarily how it has to be but when Brad was building his house they this city and like his contractor kind of like violated some laws and they ended up cutting off the roots to this giant oak tree on Valerie's lawn like this tree is a very big part of the book (laughs) and she notices that the tree is starting to die. So she sues Brad for $500,000. And that is kind of where everything like goes to shit. And Juniper and Xavier were secretly dating because she's not supposed to do anything with boys. Um, And yeah, if I say more, it's going to be like major spoilers.
2: So this this really is like a retelling of um, Romeo and Juliet in in a sense, it sounds like.
1: Yeah. As I'm sa- talking about it, I'm realizing it more because of like the way that things end. But I think that you, without me giving away the whole book, you can assume like Xavier was a black boy dating a white girl with an extremely wealthy dad and, and the way the world is right now things go south quickly, especially after Xavier's mom sued Brad. By the Mm. end of this book, I was literally like sitting on the couch crying. Like it was, Mm. I just like, you root for Xavier and Juniper so much. And it's like, they're the future and they're like, their relationship is great and it's amazing. And there's nothing wrong with it. But unfortunately like her family doesn't agree with that. And it's just like a catalyst to a not very good at, well I'm comparing it to Romeo and Juliet so you can kind of assume something
2: yeah ah. but it was like this this sounds like a really good book yeah though.
1: and I'm almost kind of glad that I read it when I did even though it was a heavy read during a very heavy time like I don't it I don't know like it's just it's very like of the time and it but like the religion stuff was so interesting too and like life in the south like I've never experienced that so there's a lot of parts of it that were super interesting and I was really nervous to talk about this book because of kind of how timely it is but I would pick it up I think it's like a great look at kind of what life is like in this country so
2: so how many stars four stars
1: I okay I'll say why I just remember why the ending felt very
0: Mm. rushed
1: You know, when you're, like, reading a book and you, like, get to a certain number, like, a very high page number, and you're, like, there's so much shit that needs to happen still? Yes. That happened to me with this, so it felt like all of a sudden, like, everything was wrapping up, and I felt like that could have been fleshed out a bit more. Because it really, like, the bulk of the story was at the very end. It just went by very quickly. So, yeah. Libby?
3: I'm talking about The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin, who is incredible and award-winning and like should be taught in all creative writing classes like sci-fi and fantasy and otherwise like she's an amazing author so obviously like going into this you can just to set the tone I really loved this book a lot (laughs) um so also it's been a bit since I read it but thinking about it today, I have it's a trilogy, um the Broken Earth trilogy. And I have the second and third book and I'm like ready to read them immediately because this book is so good. Okay, so yeah, it's called The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin and it was published by Orbit in um August 2015. So it's fantasy um and just a warning there's like a lot of it's just like a lot to explain uh so I'm gonna do my best okay um
2: are you explaining the whole trilogy or just the first no because
3: I've only read the first book yeah right you said yeah
2: (laughs) so just book one
3: um what if I was like on Wikipedia for the entire trilogy that would be insane Okay, so this book is told from the perspective of three different main female characters. Um, so similar to Kayla, I think I'm gonna like walk through the characters first. Um, so there is Essen, who's a school teacher, uh, a school teacher in disguise. Like she's clearly something more hiding her identity, and you're not really sure why. Um, and we meet her right at the beginning when tragedy has struck um her son has just been killed by his father and he's like disappeared with her daughter their daughter that they have together oh i can't remember if they're married yeah what this is fuck? like first page
2: oh my God. stuff it's
0: not really not a spoiler but
2: so it just like gets right into oh it. yeah
0: so her husband murdered or stole all of her children Yes, and the reason, I can't remember if he is, I can't remember if they're married,
3: Um, but he's definitely the father of both of these children. And he killed the son and has whisked away the daughter. So yeah, you're meeting Essen at the beginning of this book. She's in this like really broken place. It's Those passages are like so tragic and touching. She's like sequestered herself away in her house with her son's corpse and just kind of like lost her will to live at first and then she um kind of begins this quest to find her daughter and save her daughter so um that's kind of her bare bones beginning um another narrator in the book is Demaya who is a young girl who's taken from her family after she accidentally reveals that she is an origin. And so, and I should also men- mention, Essen is also an origin. Origins um, are people in this world who can harness the earth's energy and use it, like wield it as a weapon. Uh, Ooh, like Avatar. By, like, yeah, they do this by, like, drawing heat from the earth. Um, they're super feared in the community. It's, like, I it's, I feel like it's post-apocalyptic. It's very, um, well, I'm going to talk about the setting a little later. But, like, the origins, like, if you are one, so, like, Essin, who is one, she ha- has to, like, really keep it concealed. And she's, like, built this fake life for herself and has kept it under control and... Now it's all going to shit. So so Demaya is this young girl who is an origin and it accidentally comes out because when origins get angry and when they're young um, or if they just don't have a good control over their power, um, they can actually end up killing people or things accidentally because you're drawing the heat through the earth. But if it's out of control or angry or whatever, you can accidentally draw heat from humans and oh wow they can die so that's why that kind of explains like people's huge fear of them and when origins are i actually hope i'm pronouncing that right i think i am anyway when they're um discovered like a lot of communities just murder them um and like families will just murder oh them God. because it's like for their own safety yeah but Demaya's parents uh, struggled with that, so they instead called the fulcrum, which is like the government in this world. Um, so they tell the fulcrum that they have an origin daughter and they need a guardian to come get her. So guardians are matched with origins and they're taken to the fulcrum and trained, but it's this like horrifying, abusive uh, training between the guardian and the origin they're they're matched and they're like paired for life and yeah the the guardian like controls the origin through pain and that's kind of like how they get them to bend to the fulcrum's will it's very corrupt it's awful you're like essentially fulcrum origins are like essentially sold into slavery so
0: are origins just uh women or there's like male and female there are
3: male ones um and the origins power is measured in a ring system so um the most powerful origin would have would be a 10 ringer um
1: yeah like uh i literally keep thinking of thanos as she's talking about this (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, I don't watch Marvel movies, or I haven't seen them. But
0: like a good Thanos. <laughs> is that Marvel? Yeah. Yeah, he's just got like Rings. a lot of um, <laughs> stones on his. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's Demaya,
3: the second character. So we meet her as her family is literally selling her off, and she's going to the fulcrum and has a tough journey ahead. And then the third narrator is Cyan. Cyan or cn it's s-y-e-n so i'm gonna say cyan she is another origine um who what has come up through the fulcrum so she has her guardian she's been like trained into submission kind of thing um she's a four ringer and she is also what is known as a breeder in this society so they literally breed um i was gonna ask are
1: there a lot since some families kill them I think it's less common,
3: yeah, they're killed off a lot or they're in hiding, oh, okay. um but yeah so so that's um cyan's life is that she's like has to breed with this man who is a 10 ringer, I should mention. And he's like out of control. Does she like the
2: person she's breeding with? (laughs) I get the vibe that she does not. Um, Is
1: So so (laughs) Alabaster,
3: he's a 10 ringer. So he's the most powerful that you can be as an origin. And he's also very like, uh, emotionally unstable. Sometimes his powers seem a little unstable. So he's, um, so no, she's not a fan (laughs) of his. Um, and he's also just kind of like a scary presence uh, in general. But I'm not going to... There is romance in this book, I will say. Like all good fantasy has. But um, I'm not going to get too into that. Is this YA? No, 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 no.
0: Okay. You said you were going to talk about the setting. So it's like apocalyptic or like present day?
3: No, so it's so um the environment of this world so the world they live in is called the stillness uh which is an ironic name because it is so crazy there um geologically and like environmentally there's always these insane like storms happening um the the environment of the world is like very much a part of the story and like a part of um everyone in this world is basically just like built to survive. Um, Some communities are worse than others based on just like where they are. Um, But yeah, it's literally like day to day is just like make it through the day. And like, maybe there's going to be a earthquake tomorrow and then there's maybe going to be like a huge rift opening up the next day. And it's insane. So the title um, seasons are these, um, life altering environmental changes and sometimes they can be prompted by um, origins like getting too crazy with the earth so there's this fear of the fifth season coming um, oh. and like fucking up all their lives so yeah I that's pretty much all I'm gonna say about plot because. I want to talk about Jemison's writing too. Um, it's literally the most masterful world building I've ever, ever read. And like wow. the reason I think this book and I, probably the rest of the series is so cool is because I feel like a common complaint with epic fantasy or even just like sci-fi fantasy um, is the amount of detail that goes into the world building. And like, you know like people talk about George R R Martin or like Tolkien or or Robert Jordan I feel like um and how it's so caught up in like making sure you understand every facet of the world and like every part of the magic and every part of the feast that they're eating or whatever um but the way that Jemison writes this book is almost the opposite and I've never seen anyone do it like she does but I feel like, I hope this makes sense, but I feel like she leaves or has so much faith in her readers almost. Like she she mentions terms without fully explaining them, but like giving you enough information to like stay interested. Or like at least, you know, you read Origin and you're like, I have no idea what this means, but there's enough enough context that like, you can deduce that, okay, like, they have some kind of power. Like, I don't know what the power is, but, like, they have power and people are scared of it. And then, like, when they channel the power, it's called sussing. And that's thrown around a bit at the beginning, too. Um, but, like, not quite fully explained until later. And she does that with, like, every part of the world building in a way that was just like so impressive because it's like spare details but every detail matters so much and like the way that it all comes together in the end is the best thing ever so I I don't know I hope that makes sense when I say she like has faith in her readers but that's the only way I can describe her do you
1: think you end up kind of using your imagination more then?
3: yes yeah and like reading it is like a fun adventure on the one hand because like the story is wild and you're like meeting these three women they kind of exist in similar places but like none of them are in the same town so you're like do are they gonna overlap like what am i oh what am i reading between these three women like um yeah so just like story-wise Yes. And then you're also just like, oh, wow. Like, I remember when she mentioned that 20 pages ago, and now that makes sense. And like, all this new context that I have. So it's like a, it's so enjoyable to read. It's not light by any means. And like, there is a lot to learn about the world and a lot of details. But it's just like, I couldn't get over like how impressive and like masterful she is at writing. Um, and if my like raving about it isn't enough to convince you, she's the only person who has ever won the Hugo Award for every novel in a series, which was for this Broken Earth trilogy. Wow. She, yeah. At Any person, like ever. Nobody has ever won that. Oh, she's so good. Everyone should read this series or book. I can't speak for the whole series, but my roommate read it all and loved it. So I want to read
1: this.
0: It kind of reminds me of The Power the like... Oh, I haven't read that yet. ...crosses something else.
1: So can we assume that they're going to make the fifth season come? I can't tell you. Uh, well, I feel like it's the she kind of gave that away for mm, <laughs> the title. No. Not necessarily. No, no. <laughs>
3: just kidding. I don't so, know. it was a five-star read, we think? Oh my god, like ten stars. It's so good. Ten out of five stars. It's, wow. It's wow. so good. And like, I said this at the beginning, but I just feel like if there was ever a master class on like not just world building but just writing like how to write really 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 well like this is a book that should be included
0: in any sort of seminar on that it's so good uh, huh. oh you're really selling me on it because i I, I read the name of the wind which was fantasy oh, yeah. but i liked it because of its writing And uh, I think I would like this then because Name of the Wind was like a little detailed kind of thick. So I think I might like something that's like more character driven.
2: Yeah. How long is this book? It's 500-ish. So pretty like, it's not like extremely long for a No, yeah, it's it's not. It's pretty solid.
3: Yeah. I was going to say this is also if you're like interested in dipping a toe in fantasy. I w- this would be a really good place to start. It's less intimidating than like a thousand page brick with like a million books in the series, like like Robert Jordan, not to keep bringing it back to him. But yeah, fifth season incredible. Like I said, it's been a while, but it, like thinking about it today got me like very clearly hyped about the series again, so I think I will read book 2 very soon. It's called The Obelisk Gate. So,
2: Libby, what are you reading next?
3: Next, I'm going to read How to Be Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, which is all over Bookstagram right now. Um,
0: I think it's sold out. I think it is. Luckily, I have a copy. (laughs) Uh, Emily, what are you reading? Uh, I want to read Wow, No Thank You uh, by Samantha Irby. I think it is a short story collection, and I read like a bit of um, her book, book that's yellow i think it's like we are never meeting in real life we are never meeting in real life yeah yeah and that one was i really like she's very funny she's from chicago and she talks about dating and it felt like a similar vibe um but i had to return um the the other one before i finished it because i got it from the library and then wow no thank you is her most recent publication so i'm excited to give it a go uh
2: becky what are you reading next i'm going to read such a fun age Um but I also have Wow No Thank You as I'm gonna I bought it from my local indie and I'm excited to get it. So I'm also gonna be reading that. But yes, such a fun age is my next up on the list. Kayla, what are you reading? I'm I'm gonna read The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. I'm gonna read that too. (laughs) Buddy read. it was my book of the month pick me too so where can everybody find you on instagram i am at
1: sleep run read repeat <laughs> i'm at k what i'm at becky in the bookshelves i'm at the lazy library and you can find all of us at books in the city pod um if you're feeling up to it maybe go on apple podcast and leave us a nice little review five stars make sure you're subscribed and following us, it just helps us. We're lately obsessed with finding out where we are in the charts in other countries. So, shouts
0: to Singapore, thank you. Yes. Yes. If, you're, hey, Singapore. if you're one of
2: our listeners in Singapore, please send us an email. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> France, France, you could, you could, you could
2: hit up. We we see you. Yes, we see all of you outside of the U.S. Like, yeah, for sure. Thank you for listening. Um, and also, keep in mind that our resource doc, we're keeping it in our link tree on our um, Instagram link in bio so check it out you know take a look at it find some book recs um look through the action items petitions you know voter registration information there's so much in there libby is keeping it really up to date we're gonna keep keeping it up to date we will continue to remind you that it's there um we're really excited to be able to share those resources with you, so check them out.
0: Yeah, and shoot us an email if you'd like to add anything to our list. Thanks. Thank you for, for listening. Listening. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's about water. Like a normal human.